coming to you from fabulous Las Vegas. The right side is the winning side. The late move is the correct move. Sports betting capital of the world. We all know when a sharp like me weighs in, the lines move. It's a party for your ears. <laughs> This is The Buffet with Chad and Scooch. I want to buy that guy a buffet. Welcome back to The Buffet with Chad and Scooch. I am Chad Millman. Scooch is getting one last week off before college football begins and the NFL <clears throat> begins. So today's podcast is quite possibly the best podcast of the summer. Two of my favorite people, Chris the Bear Felica, Stanford Steve Coughlin, ESPN sports betting geniuses. You know them from the Behind the Bets podcast, the college years. You know them from the SVP Sports Center. You know them from College Game Day. Calling in today. Fellas, we got so much college football to talk about. And as you know, I'm very busy. I can't spend too much time dilly-dallying. <laughs> Someone's already laughing. Yep. How are we doing, buddy? Good, man. Listen, I'm just surprised we can get Stanford on the phone. Between all your late-night TV show stuff and the fact you go on vacation so frequently, um, you know, I'm still waiting for the lunch offer you said you were going to give me like three years ago. The fact you'll call into the podcast is a miracle to me. Oh, stop. Come on. We've been trying to do this for two months, I think. It's good to finally get it done. Well, college football is almost beginning. Felica is going on the road. Felica, where are you going next week? Well, we uh, we'll, go, we'll be in South Bend next week for uh, Michigan and Notre Dame. So we, it's, always, it's always better to work the, uh, the the season opener into an on-campus site. It's a lot better feel, a lot bigger feel, a more enjoyable show. But if you're asking before that, I will be in uh, Las Vegas this weekend for the, uh, the Super uh, super Contest uh season preview and talk and meet up with some people and hopefully uh, pass out some winners and some, and, and some astute knowledge. By the way, thank you for Felica. that. Uh, that and, and by the way, I was, I was about to thank you because without you, my involvement in this would be, would be nil because I had a pinch hit and substitute for you one year and they liked me so much. They've invited me back each year and kind of kicked you to the curb. Yeah. It's interesting how I have not been invited back to that conference since <laughs> I recommended they call you. It's weird to me that we it's weird to me we, they we, haven't invited Stanford we, we wally to that conference. You. Totally wally pit me. That's Why have they invited Stanford to that conference? Because he's, he's he's the only person in the in the world that takes more vacations at Herb Street than me. Wow, <laughs> man, that's a low <laughs> Jeez. If I get invited, I would go. Put it that way. We'll have to make that happen. Felica, the ball's in your court to make this happen. I, 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 will, I will make sure that, 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 that Jay and Roz extend the formal invitation to Steve next year. What I'm really hoping is we can see what we need to have it done. We need to do this for March Madness. We need to get out mm. there. Get that ball rolling. Bracket marathon and just kind of yep. let it roll through the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Now, that you, you talk about God, that, would be that, that would be great. It would be great television. We should turn everybody's favorite show on ESPN Plus, I'll Take That Bet, 
into a 24-hour bracket marathon? It's a shame nobody on this call has the power and the ability to make that happen. Mm. Oh, I do, my friend. Believe you me. <laughs> hey, listen, when you're out there, Felica, what, uh, what are you going to make bets on? What are you going to put your money on when you get out there? Uh, I'll, I'll probably be looking at some college football win totals that um, I've given out um, already a bunch of them on the Behind the Bets podcast and with with Gil on uh, on, on, on uh, a numbers game out there on VEASAN. So uh, there, are, there are a couple of those I've been looking forward to. Well, one, one thing that I'm still curious about would be that great prop that that Chris and, and, and Vinny and Jimmy have at South Point with the uh, the five teams versus the field to win the playoff. Uh, it la- at last check, it was the, the Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, Oklahoma, and Washington. I think we're minus 270 versus the field. I wonder if that's come down. If that comes down a little bit more, that might be something worth playing. Because I, I don't know about you and, and, and Steve. Uh, can you really see anybody other than Alabama or or Clemson, or even Ohio State winning the national title? Stanford? Uh, yes, I do. I think one of the other Big Ten teams can win it. Um, and I, I mean, I'd, I'd take a shot with Auburn or Washington. I think it's, I think it's, the, I think it's. See, and, and I think with Washington, with Washington, you get them part of the field. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I, I think the two deficits are Alabama and Clemson. What about Wisconsin? If you like Wisconsin, you could probably get them at uh, a hedge type. And maybe that's what you do. Maybe that's the way to play it. You lay the the, the two seventy or whatever whatever it is, and then you, you you cherry pick a couple of teams that might be ten, twelve, fifteen to one. That way, if one of those teams do wind up making it, you, you you're kind of covered a little bit if you if you guess right. But gosh, it's, I have a hard time thinking Alabama or Clemson won't win. Yeah, I with Wisconsin, I I. I think go ahead, Stanford. You, you answer, and then Felica can go. The idea with Wisconsin, to me, is I'm not one of these hedging experts, but if you think they're going to make the playoff, you would pretty, you set yourself pretty much or uh, set yourself up really well. I think it's. I mean, they have a pretty good road to the Big Ten title game, and the question would be is, I mean, that line is not going to be a lot in the Big Ten title game, whether they play. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, or Michigan, right? God, look at what it was. Look at look at what it was last year. There, I think it was only about four, four and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, looking ahead, trying to forecast, we asked last week. Who did we ask? We asked David Pollock, and he said the best bet to make the playoff or play in their conference championship game was Clemson. And then I might, I, I mean, Wisconsin's got to be up there along with those odds too. Yeah, that's what I don't get. Like, Wisconsin has such a good offensive line. They are a team that is built to win in their conference. They go to the conference championship practically every year. Why aren't they getting more love right now? I think the reason for that is their schedule. And, and I, I, I've mentioned this a couple times. I, I've been a little bit guilty of it the last few years. In like wrestling internally, is Wisconsin good? Or are they good because they're in the Big Ten West, which kind of stinks of the division, and they're just de facto the best team there? It, kind of like the, the conversation we had with Iowa a few years back. Like, Wisconsin is legitimately good this year. Their skill is really good. Uh, the defense is great. But it might be a situation where 
you could be potentially looking at three conference losses if they get upset somewhere, whether it's at Iowa or versus Northwestern or, or at Purdue, because they have to go to Penn State, they have to go to Michigan, and they'll be underdogs in both of those games. So you might be looking at a situation where they're looking at two conference losses there, and if someone from the West can pull the upset, maybe with three losses that you can pull, pull yourself into a head-to-head tiebreak, and, and if you get the win, you're in the conference championship game in Wisconsin, isn't it? I mean, it, it, are the odds of that happening? Probably not great, but I, I would say there's certainly better than no chance. I think we need to bring some structure to this podcast right now. I feel like we got in on like a really interesting bet, Felica, with sort of those five teams at minus 270 versus the field. And I think we need to go a little more top down. So what I want to ask Stanford first is mm-hmm. basic, basic information. You've got five teams that you can bet on from a season win total perspective. Forget about futures, because I do believe, I agree, like you're talking about Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, I think mm-hmm. Washington are probably the four teams that will end up in the college football playoff. And those are the teams that you're going to want to sort of put your money against. Anyone else you're cherry picking like, you know, against luck and God. But uh, yep. five teams right now, season win totals that you feel are undervalued according to the market. Uh, I gave out uh, my my win totals on SportsCenter and on our podcast uh, earlier, so I'm going to roll with those. My number one favorite over this year is Boston College. Um, they're around six. You can even – I think six and a half. I, you can get even for a lower number at like minus 120 or 125. I think they definitely win eight games. Uh, I think they can win nine or ten, possibly how things go if they stay healthy enough, Chad. No one likes to go to Boston College and play in Chestnut Hill on the season. Every ACC team looks to see if they have to go there. Uh, They have the talent to do it this year. They're the second-best team, in my opinion, on that side of the ACC beneath Clemson. So when you look at that, they get Miami at home on one of those Friday nights that that, that I just think is a setup. I think they could be 7-0 when they play that uh, Miami game on Friday. Uh, I think it's October 26th. My next favorite is Cal. Uh, They play five of their nine Pac-12 games at home. They get Washington, Oregon, and Stanford at home. They have like 18 starters back. I absolutely love the coaching staff with Justin Wilcox and what he has built with two former head coaches as coordinators. I like Cal a lot to win more than – I think you could get them as low as five and a half uh, if you want to pay some juice. Um, Georgia Southern's one that Felica and I actually was the only one we, that brought up. We agreed on. We did them blindly. Uh, they returned the most starters of anyone I've seen. They're going to go back to the old option they've ran. They brought the offense coordinator back uh, from New Mexico. They'll run some of that pistol option, regular option. Every game on their schedule is winnable besides playing Clemson. And my other two were I, – I, I rolled the dice on Louisville. Um, they play Alabama, obviously, week one. They're over under was seven. Petrino's won eight or nine, eight or more games uh, in every year in the ACC. And I think it's, I think what everybody wants or seems to tell you what you want in a conference now is these top heavy teams. So you have a chance of one or two teams making the playoffs. You don't want all these teams to be decent because that hurts your chance of making the playoff. So I think Louisville could make a, make, 
some good on, on, on some wins with a balanced uh, ACC, knowing that Petrino's always going to have talent there. They don't have the distraction of Lamar Jackson, and I, 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 I like them a lot better uh, this year. I think they can win over seven games. So I think those are all really interesting teams. Mm-hmm. I think you're missing one, and, and you went with overs, and did I ask specifically about overs? Um, no. Because it's just that time of year, Chad. Everybody, it's that time of year where you're saying you think your team's going to be good. Like I was going to throw out Indiana there, but if they announce this kid Dawkins as a starting quarterback, that's the wrong move. They're not going to win over five games. Just to let you know. Listen, I've been all over uh, the Indiana Purdue series on the Big Ten Network that they've been running, and it's just amazing. Um, <laughs> Given me no faith in Indiana's football team. Um, but the most inter- to me, the most interesting win total is actually uh-huh. Nebraska, and it's Nebraska going under. I think people are yeah. way overrating the impact Scott Frost can have on that team in the first year. I think it's going to have uh, a, a, a huge impact, but but. But this year, they're, I think they're the type of team that sets up potentially to pick someone off late in the year uh, after they, they get a, basically a full year of Frost and that coaching staff, and then they're able to implement that offense. But their defense was so bad last year. I mean, they didn't just lose games. They were getting run out of the building, like three touchdowns plus losses. I mean, there's a lot of improvement that needs to be done there. So you're with me. I am with I I I I I am with you. It's a hard number though because it feel I don't I don't like totals where I don't think there is a lot of wiggle room. It's certainly not one that I would uh that I that I would go near. I, I would lean under though if if if, if Chad Millman handed me a hundred dollars this weekend at the at the West Bay Superbook and I had to go over or under, he said you have to bet Nebraska over or under. I, I would go under. You say that because I, I'm, I'm a sharp. Yeah. There we go. The sharks. <laughs> I haven't heard one person say over for Nebraska this year. Uh, I've heard, you know, everybody seems to be out on them. The schedule is, I mean, they play all the big dogs. That's the problem. But they're going to be 3-0. and And that's going to be a tough one to, I mean, and they have Illinois on their schedule. They have Minnesota, who I think is going to be awful this year. Uh, that Purdue game is huge. So I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm totally biased because my best, one of my best friends is a is offensive coordinator. So I'm always in on Nebraska. I'll be at their game at Wisconsin this year. Um, it's tough, man. It's it's tough. But everybody that you know throws the Big Ten, you know, they they won't have the the bodies to do things. Um, I know they are concerned about their defense going into this season. So. That's an interesting one because that's going to be a tough one. That's going to you're not going to know until the end of that season on that one. I like getting them done early, Chad. Listen, by the way, everybody who is interested in college football should go to actionnetwork.com or download the Action Network app because we have Colin Wilson, who's a college football savant, doing mini betting previews for literally every single team in the uh, division formerly known as Division One uh, college football. What is it, like 128 teams? We have 128 previews. Right now I'm looking at the Nevada Wolfpack season preview, the Wyoming Cowboys season preview, and the San Diego State uh, 
season preview, you can get all of it. And he also was one of the guys who was all over Nebraska in the under. Stanford, you just said something really interesting. Your best friend is the offensive coordinator for Nebraska. Who is that? One of my really good friends, yes. Who is I'm that? I'm 41 years old, Chad. I don't have best friends anymore. Really? Yeah. What are you, you like, too cool friend? for that? Like, you, you don't have like a guy? Like, he's my guy. This is the guy I'm talking to like four times a week. I'm texting with him constantly. We're talking about our kids. We're talking about everything. No, I don't have one of those guys. Malika, do you have one of those? No, no, not Nobody really. Nobody wants – I mean, who wants I don't have any, to hear I don't about have any, my I don't have any time. Yeah, who, who wants to hear about my kids? Guys. Like your fantasy, that's like your fantasy football team. I don't care about your fantasy football team. Don't tell me about what you lost this week. I feel like you're missing out on an important relationship in life. I have a best friend. I talk to him like four times a week. Mm, seems like you're in high school. Maybe I was I was like that <laughs> fresh, I was like that freshman year in college. I got I got to call like every single one of my high school friends. Like oh I, I miss all these guys and like then then you know, like you got like that phone bill cause, and, and you're like yeah you know what it's really it's really not that important that I that, that I call all my boys at home. I actually want to be able to go out on a a Thursday or Friday night. Uh... It sounds like you guys could use a best friend. Is what it really sounds like. Oh, can, can you be? Don't can start, you be my best friend, Chad? Piling on me because I have one who I like to stay in contact with, and you guys don't, and are trying to make fun of me for it. Uh, not trying to make fun of you. Telling you what you I guys, feel. Do you guys want me to be your best friend? I, I said I, I want you to be my best friend. I am in. I am all in. Perfect. I will be the Felica best friend. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> I'm my, doing my, it. My, my day is made. Uh, <laughs> Couldn't say my day, my week. <laughs> just sent me the best text ever. It just says, hey. Let's, I meet let's, 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 go, have, let's go have lunch in West Hartford Center when we get done doing this. <laughs> now he just sent me a text and will you be my best friend? I would certainly do it, but I got to check Felica. I can't overextend. And he asked me first. Uh, now this room, that is well timed. But here's my point: How yeah. many people that are considered your closest friends, because of your status in the sports media world and because of your uh, history as a uh, college football maven? By the way, my other best friend, Wright Thompson, is calling me right now. Um, oh. as now a, that's a, someone I want. Uh, that's someone I would want to be my. I'm, best sure, I'm sure he's in a great mood today. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Wright Thompson threw an unbelievable party for us when we had game day uh, in Oxford a couple of years ago. Awesome party. Listen, unbelievable host. There Great is day. nothing better than a Wright Thompson weekend in Oxford, Mississippi. It is about, it is as gluttonous and hedonistic <laughs> and fun and like high class and living like the Faulkner Southern literary life of nothing but like food and drink and football that you can possibly imagine. It is so good. I swear to God, like my best friend who I talked to like four times a week, he went with me for a weekend to visit right once. And we went through like an entire flask by ourselves of this 
homemade moonshine. Moonshine. Yes, he had homemade. It was. Oh, oh, I was like, wait, this is, and I was like, wow, this is the same bad. <laughs> it was a big mistake. It was a really big mistake. It ended up like I was on the couch with one foot on the floor the whole night just to keep myself from spinning. Like that's, you know, that it was one of those nights. And then in the morning, like it was the greasiest breakfast you could possibly possibly have just to keep yourself from uh losing everything from the night before are you guys still so but you're still best friends after that trip that's nice even closer than ever (laughs) that's what you get with a best friend you have those experiences but here's my point stanford i digress uh how many people in your phone like are are you in regular contact with who are coaching in college football right now? Uh probably ten to twelve. And what schools are your closest of your good friends at? I can't give you all that information. I gave you I already gave you inside info. That's why I was interested because I be. uh, like I've never heard you say that before. Yeah, if you want, I mean, if you wanted to go out to lunch one time, as we're now best friends, you know, maybe maybe I could give you some info off the record. Why don't you just text me? <laughs> I just did. Text me the. I'll, I'll text you this question. You can text me back the answer. <laughs> uh, where are we? Felica, Felica, tell me about your win totals. Well, but being that. Steve was like all positive and everything. I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn us to to, to underland. I do have some, uh, I have some overs as well, but a couple of unders that I was looking at too in the SEC. Missouri. Uh, I, I'm worried that last year was a little bit of a fluke. Uh, their offense was great. Uh, they didn't beat a team with a winning record. Uh, this year, you get Tennessee and Florida both on the road. They still got Georgia. They got Bama. They have to go to Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, they got Purdue in the non-conference. You lose Josh Heupel as your coordinator. Uh, the SEC East was a little bit of transition last year. Like I said, I think I think Tennessee and Florida will be better just because of the coaching changes. Um, again, when, when I when I wrote the column and I gave it out first, I thought it was seven and a half. I saw at uh, Westgate. I don't know if that number is still there, but uh, I, I think Missouri getting to eight wins will be uh, will be hard to come by. So like Missouri under. The uh, seven and a half, and elsewhere in the SEC, uh, I, I thought Vandy under four and a half was another one that uh, I really needed to take a look at. I mean, you, 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 one of your wins last year was a non-conference win at home uh, against Kansas State. Now you stub, now you substitute in a trip to Notre Dame for a home Kansas State game. Uh, they, they're going to have to win two SEC games, I think, to to, to potentially get to five. Uh, that'll be Ole Miss, Tennessee, probably those last two games of the year. And, and that's banking on them beating Middle Tennessee in the opener. And that's certainly not going to be an easy task. So I thought uh, Vandy, four and a half. I know the I know Shermer's back. I know the offense has got some guys. But that defense was horrible last year. And Derek Mason, as good of a defensive coach as he is, he's got a lot of work to, uh, to do to make that defense better. And then one more under before I go to a couple of overs in the uh, – in the MAC, Central Michigan four and a half. Uh, they're only going to be favored. I have in three games: uh, Maine, Ball State, and Bowling Green. And some people think that Ball State and Bowling Green might even be improved this year. 
Uh, outside of Jonathan Ward, their running back, they don't have anything coming back. They have one of the lowest uh, percentages of returning production in the country. Uh, they were 4-0 in one possession games last year somehow beat Western Michigan and Ohio U. Uh, there's a really good chance that they don't win a road game. Um, I, I think Central Michigan under four and a half is, uh, is one to look at. Now to end on a positive note, give out the unders, and I'll give out some overs. Uh, Steve and I talked about Georgia Southern. He talked about him uh, as, as we both – it was funny how we both came to a, an independent conclusion when we walked in and we, we, put, we put our list down. We both had Georgia Southern, and we're like, ah, we like it. And then uh, we went on there. So I won't go into detail on Georgia Southern, but I'm with you there. I thought Wyoming at six and a half was a, a really good one. Um, I think people are going to have a knee-jerk reaction that, oh, they lost Josh Allen. How are they going to be any better? But they won seven last year, and that was with Josh Allen hurt and, and had a bad loss to San Jose State. Uh, their defense is probably going to be the best in the Mountain West. Uh, you replace Iowa and Oregon on the schedule with Missouri and Washington State, and Washington State goes to Laramie. And we know that Wazoo has had a, a, a tendency in the past to lose some of these early season non-conference games. That'll be a really tough spot, I think, for Mike Leach's team. If they just win the games that they should win, that they're favored, that, that, that's 7-5 and five right there. That doesn't include a toss-up game against Utah, against Utah State and even potentially pulling an upset against Wazoo. I think that defense is great. I think Wyoming over six and a half is a good play. Uh, I like Buffalo in the Mid-American Conference. Uh, they get a really good schedule break in that. Uh, they got six games at home that I think there's a really good chance they win all six of them. Kent State, Delaware State, Army, Akron, Eastern Michigan, Miami of Ohio. That's six right there. Uh, if they win all those and they get a win against Central Michigan or Bowling Green, uh, two of the teams that I think will be among the weaker ones in the MAC, uh, that's seven. And they also got Rutgers and, and on the road early in the year, and Rutgers might have some off-the-field situations where they have to have some suspensions. I wouldn't give, uh, I wouldn't make it beyond the doubt or reason that Buffalo goes there and and really competes and potentially pulls an upset. Uh, Tyree Jackson and Anthony Johnson are probably the best quarterback-wide receiver combination uh, in the MAC. So I, I think Lance Leipold in his fourth year there will get Buffalo to a ball game, and then one more will go in a fun row. Uh, UL Monroe, over five and a half. Uh, their defense was horrific last year. Um, but uh, our FPI numbers here have them right around seven wins. So that's a little bit of a wiggle room. Uh, I, I think they got three wins for sure. They got a brutal non-conference schedule. They got A&M on the road, Ole Miss, and they'll probably lose to Arkansas State. But they got a ton of offensive guys back, uh, Caleb Evans and Marcus Green, uh, a lot of production. Uh, their head coach, Matt Vieter, was really, really successful at McNeese State and Louisiana School. So he's familiar with the talent there. You just, just think about the, the, the improvement that we're talking about here. They scored 37 in a loss last year, and they scored 50 and lost a game last year. I mean, that's how bad their defense was. I, I don't think it'll be that bad this year, and I think you on Monroe can get to six and get to a bowl. All right, so there's a lot of good stuff that you said there. Number one, as I mentioned, Colin Wilson from the Action Network has been writing previews for every single team. And um, today he has Wyoming up, and he also has Wyoming going over, uh, saying that they, even without Josh Allen, uh, the Cowboys can improve. You mentioned something very specific, which was returning production. 
give me the stats that both of you guys look at when you start to grade a team going into its next season. What matters? Because like in college football, there is so much turnover, so many things change. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you think about. Like, where does returning production? You know what I'm going to do? Here's what I just decided. It's a revolutionary idea. I'm going to ask one question instead of seven at one time. Okay. Felica. Who's going to go first? I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm going to start with Stanford because Felica just did so much talking and you're my new best friend, Stanford. Yeah. Um, what is the key stat, the key metric, the key number that you look at when you are grading a team uh, for future, <clears throat> for season win totals heading into a new season? I'll, I'll let Felica keep, uh, talk the metrics, Chad. I keep it pretty simple. I look at head coach returning, quarterback returning, offensive line returning and then on defense these guys play so many um guys on defense now you know when you have to defend against the spread starters doesn't mean that much to me on defense i look at returning tacklers uh so you could get a feel of the guys that are you know playing the most not a lot of the guys who who start don't necessarily play the most so i mean offensive line you could sort of look at that but teams are are shying away uh, from that, you know, unless they want to get like a true freshman reps early in the season, but it's head coach, it's quarterback, it's offensive line, and obviously the schedule. Um, I think the schedule, as opposed, I, I don't, I don't. When I look at the schedule, I don't necessarily think about, hey, they're going to play seven teams that were ranked last year. Um, and I look at, you know, those same other components I talked about. For my team, I'm looking at the other team to gauge whether, you know, win-loss. And then from that, you're looking at season total over and unders. I love that. Returning tacklers. That's awesome. So in of the teams that you haven't mentioned, or mm-hmm. were returning tacklers a big deal in all of the teams that you mentioned as going over their season win totals? Uh, so you want more teams? No, no, no. I'm just curious to know, like, to what well, degree I'm like off the top of my head, impacted like, the decisions you made? Like, there's a yeah, lot of yeah. really cool stuff in that idea. And so just tell yep. me, like, were returning tacklers an important factor in your decision for the five teams that you mentioned off the top that you have no, going over their season win totals? No, not necessarily. I don't – it's not it's, – it's, I think – I'll put it this way. I think all the other components matter more to me. But when I look at teams like Stanford's a, a, a team, you know, you, people talk about the returning players, but you look at that defense and they weren't even good last. They weren't a, a normal Stanford defense last year. And they lost a ton of production, which I think is what Felica talks about, you know, when I say returning tacklers or that. And I, I think that's where you're talking about your returning production. Got it. All right, Felica. Yeah, no, what, what, what Steve hit on a couple of the very key ones, I am not as big on uh, the returning quarterback as, as a lot of people are. I mean, look, look at last year. I mean, I mean Jake Fromm was a, a freshman. I mean, you, you, the teams that win the national championships or play for the national championships lately, like a returning starting quarterback is, like, not important. Uh, the numbers have bared that out. I would much rather have an, off, uh, an offensive line, and a good running back to be able to be a little bit of a security blanket. I think Georgia was a great example of that last year. Uh, their, their line was solid. Um, 
and you had Dick Chubb and Sonny Michelle, two guys you could just head, turn and hand the ball off to when you knew you were going to be okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm big on the production. Like Steve said, it's not necessarily people who start. It's people who come in and produce. And, and you've seen so many platoon situations where, uh, whether it's at wide receiver or running back or even on – on defense where, where guys will get a start, but uh, they, they may be just be situational players, and you'll bring in uh, players that more fit better with, with the game plan later on in terms of what the, uh, what the opponent is doing. Uh, so I'm with that. And then I, the schedule I do look at, essentially because I, I, in, in terms of a win total and expectation for a team, I, I look for spots that I really don't think that that team is going to win. And, and I mean, Reese Davis and I have a, have a saying too. Like, if you're not good enough, a loss is going to find you. I mean, you can get upset, but I mean, if they're if they like Wisconsin, like they got to go to Penn State and they got to go to Michigan, and, and that those are two brutal road games for them. And, and that's kind of why I, I think their their ceiling is ten and two, and I, I know their win total was ten, and, and that's why I'd be willing to take a shot at an under there. Uh, just because, yeah, maybe you're maybe you're playing for a push if they do lose those two games and that's it. But I, I think I think it's a better chance they go nine and three than they do eleven and one. All I heard was that you went after my best friend Stanford and said that the concept of returning quarterbacks doesn't matter, and that's one of the two things that is most important to him. I thought you were I thought you were my best friend. You should be sticking up for me. I am your best friend, Stanford. You're wrong. You're way off. <laughs> well, in terms of Georgia, I, I, I mean, they had Jacob Eason. So, like, that quarterback right. situation, you would, you would, I had them ranked pretty high last year because of that. You know, I, I, I get where Bear's seeing. I mean, and, and that's, that's a tribute to these young guys where you're getting these spread guys that come in and play. You know, they're ready to go. They're, they're, they're more ready than quarterbacks have been in, um, in, in prior years where, I'll take one of the instances where I think it's a huge, huge letdown is like, look at Oklahoma. I don't think people are giving enough credit to what Baker Mayfield did for that team. And I think that's a huge, huge spot to have to come in the fill uh, at Oklahoma. So I, I have them dropped off uh, this year because I don't even have them winning their conference. Biggest shoes to fill in the country you think are his, or do you think it could be Saquon Barkley or someone else? Oh uh, no, Mayfield. I don't. Th- I don't even think it's close. Well, that's really going out on a limb there, Stanford, saying that the uh, best quarterback in college basketball, who won the Heisman and was the first player <laughs> taken in the draft, is going to be the biggest shoes to fill in college football. He asked me a question. I answered it. By the way, Wisconsin is the highest-ranked team from the Big Ten in the preseason poll. I saw that. Wisconsin is four, and Ohio State is five. Well, how much of that is because of what's happening right now? I think these votes were due before all of this came out. So I, I, was, I was a little surprised by that, that Wisconsin actually got a, a first-place vote. And Here's uh, another story that we have up on ActionNetwork.com today. Uh, I'd like your reactions to it. What is your take on the tithes pricing in the futures market? Right now... Uh, they are um, plus 210 to win the national title, and their win total is 11. The over is minus 115. So you got to pay a little bit of a premium on the over. What do you think of those two prices, overpriced, underpriced? 
Go ahead, Bear. You said plus 210 to win the title? Plus 210 to win the title. 11 win total. You see, 11 win total, I mean, you have to put, they're not going to go 10 and 2. No. I mean, they have two games they, I think they probably what, could potentially lose at LSU, and, and, and then they have A&M and Mississippi State at home. I mean, they haven't yeah. lost that many regular season games since like 2008. Eight years. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they, don't, they, don't, they don't lose more than one regular season game. So, I mean, I, I think over 11, I mean, I, I hate to have to go perfect to win, but, I mean, I don't see any way you can play the under. 11 and 1 is, I mean, 10 and 2 is like, a, I mean, they'll be right, I mean, forget it. That, that's a, that's a doom season if they go 10 and 2. I mean, 11 and 1 is the worst case scenario. In terms of the, the price on winning the title, it seems short, but at plus 210, if you think they're that good and they're going to be in the national championship game, would you like to be holding a money line bet on Alabama at plus 210 in that game? That's basically what you're looking at. I would, because it's not yeah. going to be plus 210 when they get there. Correct. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be minus something. Yeah. They'll be favored against Clemson if they meet. They'll be favored against anybody else. What's your take, Stanford? Um, I'm... Uh... Might have a certain uh, in on Alabama at minus 140 to win the SEC. So I'm, I'm in on the tie this year. Uh, I, I don't, I, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give you something here. I think something to be uh, on the lookout for is what the totals are in Alabama games. Because with this offense and what you're reading about and what the possibilities are, um, they could be they could be putting up points this year as opposed to you know just grinding out games and you know beating teams twenty eight three. I could see some them scoring some more points this year. Um, I I don't know. I, I I one of my favorite things I ever did was last year. I bet them to win the title after they lost at Auburn. And exactly. That ended, and that ended up being one of like as profitable as you could get. So I mean. If it, well, I think I got them at plus four fifty or something. Um, so, and I think once they got in the playoff, they were maybe one. They weren't minus. I know and, that. And, and to just jump um, in quickly because you mentioned yeah. the year before that, I think Clemson went to like seven to one after oh, yeah. they lost to Pitt. So you, yep. you, you're, you're exactly – that is a great strategy with some of these really short-priced teams. If, if, you, if they lose – one loss doesn't knock you out from playoff contention, and if they win, the price isn't going to go down much anyway. But if they lose, you're going to get a much better price. Like, look, I mean, and especially like week one while we're talking, Chad, look, I mean, if you're believing in, in Michigan and in Notre Dame and Washington or Auburn, like those are all – those are both out-of-conference games. And if they run the table, they're, they're, they're going to they, – they'll probably get – they'll probably make the playoff. Uh, whoever, you know, loses that first week if they were to run the table. So that might be your best price. Like, throw something on the loser of those games if, if you like what you see or, you know, you're taking a shot. And potentially Ohio, Ohio State TCU could be another game like mm-hmm. that. If Ohio State happened to go to uh, Arlington and get upset by TCU, everything's still in front of you. If they, run, if they win the Big Ten, they're, they're going to be in the playoff. I say that being the last two years, the – 
the Big Ten champ or two left Big Ten champ has been left out of the playoff. But uh, but you, you're getting in terms of a price, in terms of value, uh, Ohio State with a loss and it, that game at TCU, you're going to get a, a much better price than uh, than you would right now. Did you guys know that uh, Alabama has two games this year in which they are favored by 44 points or more? Uh, they are favored, I think it's uh, Louisiana Lafayette. They are a 44-and-a-half-point favorite on September 29th. And on mm-hmm. uh, November 17th against the Citadel, they are 56-and-a-half-point mm-hmm. favorites. I can already I can already tell you that Danny Sheridan will be all over the Citadel plus the fifty six and a half on November the seventeenth. <laughs> he lo- he loves loading up on the um on those uh, FCS teams and, that, and like the, the 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 we call I call I call it the the Urban Meyer game because Urban's mm-hmm. really the person that brought it to that conference where he would always play a play a patsy like that before the uh, before the Florida State game and then the SEC championship game we bring in. We we bring in a, a, a nobody, and uh, that, that's one of the I know Danny like always likes playing that uh, playing those FCS or uh, group of five teams that come in and play the uh, the the SEC games before rivalry weekend. This is a story I think we're going to do. Is when's the last time? When's the last time a team was favored by more than forty five points multiple times in a season? And here's another story I'm going to have us do. You guys can't steal this. Uh, who over the last 20 years has the highest spread projected spreads heading into the season? Like, I feel like it would have been Tim Tebow's Florida team about 10 or 11 years ago, where 90, every 90, week it's 95, like to, 95 Nebraska maybe would be another one. That they were they were laying they were laying serious with every week, but that might be. If, if well, Bama's going to be a double digit favor in every game this year, right? Yeah, every game. Yeah. I'm looking. Nope. There's a uh, there's one game right now. Are you saying that LSU? Yeah, Mississippi State. Oh, they're seven and a half point favorites. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay, I was going to say, I thought it was going to be that LSU. I was like, jump on that right now. LSU, uh, they're favored 13? by 10 and, they're favored by ten and yeah. a half. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that will, that has to, if, that, if you can get 10 and a half right now, uh, I would lay 10 and a half right now because I think yeah. that has the potential to go up dramatically based on how I think LSU, uh, their season's going to go. I'm not, I'm a, I'm an LSU seller this year. I mean, I, I think there's a really good chance they're three and four uh, when they when they had that Mississippi State game. And if, that, if that's the case, uh, you, you're looking at LSU as like a monster, like unprecedented home dog. But uh, I, I'm not. I mean, I know Burrow's going to come in and maybe try and solidify that offense. But they, you, you talk about like no returning starters and no returning production. I mean, that's kind of mm-hmm. where you are offensively with LSU, like no returning production whatsoever. I, I feel I, awful because it's it's like my favorite. It is my favorite college college town, and I feel like I've been a seller of LSU the last five six years. I should rephrase. I should rephrase. These are the projected lines according yep. to the Action Network. These are not actual lines right now. You know so what? Is this, is this Action Network, you know, got good validity? I don't know. Remains to be seen. Jury's is still it? out. 
There's no Action Network sports book yet. Yeah, we're getting what's there. Going on with that? All right. Listen, we got can a we, lot of work to do. We, very short let's give the time. people some info. Give them a little tease. Al, 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 Alabama, 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 eleven and a half. By the way, according to uh, South Point right now, on their games of the Ooh. year. So your 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 numbers are right there. We're pretty close. All right. Is this year two? Is this year two for the Action Network? Projected, you know, giving out projected lines. No, this is like, oh. dude, we didn't even exist last year. and We, we, we launched in mid-January of last year. Oh, of this that's year. right. You were on vacation for the whole season. That's right. Oh, uh, see. You know what? This is the right way to end the podcast because now I can officially <laughs> declare Chris Felica as my best friend. <laughs> as if there was any, any doubt. No, but, you know, we came around. Like, you started there. Stanford tried to make a run. He was a little bit like Clemson. Fell a little bit short. Had a lot of enthusiasm, and in the end of the day, he coughed it up, just like the Tigers. All right. Fellas, Sorry. I will tell you, though, that like you both can be my best friends. And All thank right. you for coming on the podcast with me. Anytime, my friend. Yeah. All right. Whatever I'll talk to you guys later. I'll see you. I'll see you on our text chain. Yes, you got yeah, it. Yeah, we, yeah, that's right. We, see, we, we need to have that group text chain where we can uh, – Text our each other's uh, Starbucks pictures in the morning, or oh look look at look at my dog how he's rolling in mud, and, and look at the egg white souffle I made this morning. We can, we it's can, a group text have... chain of just emojis. <laughs> All right, now that's that's cute for me to go. All right, see you see you boys. Goodbye. Thank you guys.